Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, the Kayak Fishing Show live, brought to you by all these wonderful sponsors. Scrolling across the bottom there. Uh, I hope you uh, support them as they support us. Um, as always, we're here every uh, Tuesday airing old episodes of the Kayak Fishing Show. Uh, these are uh, the later episodes uh, that were sponsored by Jackson Kayak. Someday I'll get back to airing the old episodes, but... Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten to it. Um, some of our episodes are honestly are missing. I'm still in search of uh, my uh, former producer said he would try to get them to me. But at this point, um, still waiting to get a hold of some of my episodes. Um, before we get to the, uh, the show today, um, a couple of things. I don't know if you guys are in Southern California, but uh, got some news today that the biggest show that we attend every year. I've been a part of this show for well over 20 years. And I mean, it's been going on since I was a little kid or before. And that is the Fred Hall Boat and Tackle Show. It was canceled. Uh, they would do a show in um, Long Beach and Del Mar. Uh, the Del Mar one has been in question for a while. And they just announced this morning that the Long Beach show, which was really the big one, was canceled. Uh, there is, they're blaming it on COVID. Most of the people in the know, no, that's not the reason. Um, it was, uh, shows under new management, new ownership. And, uh, a lot of people weren't happy about the way it was being run and were chose not to attend the show this year. So, uh, I think that is more to the reason, uh, than COVID. <laughs> So unfortunately, I mean, like I said, it, it was a tradition to go there every year. I, like I said, I always had a booth there. My dogs decided to bark right now. Um, but uh, it'll be a shame that that show is missed. There is another show that was actually just last week, uh, the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show, which everybody says will take over from what the Fred Hall show used to be. I have not been to that show. So we'll just have to look till next year. Um, also before we get going, I was contacted by a gentleman owns a company called, see if that shows up glowing yak. Uh, actually the name of the company is naughty and foul N A U T I like nautical and foul. Um, he uh, came up with this product that he wanted me to check out these, uh, glowing yak, uh, scupper lights. And I have not had a chance to look at them. They just arrived in the mail uh, yesterday. So they seem kind of cool. We'll have to see how bright they are because we do out at night. And uh, I know they, it says they're available in green, white, and red. But uh, they just drop down through your scupper. And then you use this nut here to spread out this Y. And that tightens them in there. Um, I'll be curious to see how bright they are. Uh, we like to go out at night when the squid are around. And if you have a bright lights under your uh, kayak, it will bring the squid up. So... Uh, it does seem to come with everything you need um, as far as shrink tubes, shrink connectors. So um, it's just straight wiring. So I imagine I will 
straight wire that into a Nakwa battery and a Nakwa battery switch. And I will give that a try and um, let you know how they do uh, if I have a chance to get out before they cut me open. Um, but again, if you want to see what it is, the name of the company again is Naughty, Naughty and Foul. Um, he doesn't have... Doesn't have the uh, URL on here, but I don't know. Maybe you can scan that. <laughs> but we'll check them out. Let you know how they uh, how they work. So I just wanted to share that with you. He sent them to me and wanted me to take a look at them. So, um, but on that note, like I said, um, I finally did schedule surgery. So I'm going to be having surgery on my left shoulder on uh, March 8th. So uh, I'll definitely be out of commission after that for a couple of months. I won't be able to paddle for sure. So I'm trying to get a lot of stuff done before that, <laughs> like rigging up my blue sky. Hopefully I have my new Torquedo. I can put on my blue sky and get that all rigged up before um, I get filleted open. So anyway, with no further ado, um, like I said, we air old episodes of the show. Today is part two of, I believe, was our first trip to pack kayak rentals in Louisiana. Uh, of course, I got talked into going there by my good buddy, Jameson. Jameson is actually at, Payak, at pack kayak rentals in Louisiana right now. Uh, I talked to him last week. He said he'd be able to do the show with me. And then I sent him the link this morning. He goes, well, the connection's not very good, but I am at pack. So uh, he was able to connect, and hopefully we have a good connection. You're a little blurry there, Jameson. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're out here, so the connection's not always that great. But thanks for having me. Yeah, so for, for people who are not familiar with uh, PAC, it, it is out there. It, it's, it's, it's not a New Orleans, that's for sure. <laughs> What what's going on down there? Now we we've discussed before the the trials and tribulations that they have gone through. Uh, they're in Hurricane Alley. <laughs> At least it sure seems that yeah. way. Yeah. So, so last how, year, how are they doing right now? Yeah. So last year, the pretty big hurricane uh, hit um, and kind of started over. Really, I mean, they lost the kayak launch. Uh, they lost most of the uh, shelters that were covering a lot of the campers that were down here. They were fortunate in that their their office is mobile, and they had moved it uh, to a location uh, offsite inside the levee, so it was able to kind of keep everything there. But it took a while for you know, just the roads to get cleared up enough for them to even get back down here to get power and utilities back with water and all that. Um, and then the rebuild started and it's really cool because the community just comes together. Um, the kayak fishing community came together. There were a couple of different projects that raised some money, um, to get them kind of back going. They had insurance as well, but it doesn't cover everything. Um, but it is different. I mean, it lost a lot of camps. Some of the rental properties are now gone and just completely disappeared. Um, but they do have a kayak launch completely rebuilt. And I always say it's, it's crazy because after every storm, it seems to be like better, uh, than it was before the storm. So they learn things to, <laughs> right. that they can, yeah, they learn how to improve and, and how to kind of do things so that they don't get washed away or so they can move them out and, uh, and do it better every time. And so 
you know, there's it's a little slow this time of year anyway, so starting to pick back up. Uh, they had a tournament this past weekend with a good attendance. Uh, weather's getting better. So, yeah, they're kind of ready to go into that spring and summer season um, with full, fully open fuel, bait and tackle, kayak launch, bait, uh, just everything you really need. Are they still are they still uh, have availability of like campers? I know you have a trailer down there. Yeah, or you used to. I don't know if you have it back down there yet, but mm-hmm. um, do they have those? Are is there availability on campsites, campers, that sort of thing? So there's a couple a couple of uh, the campers that they rented did get lost um, due to the storm. Uh, I was uh, fortunate we moved mine and another buddy's out, and uh, we were able to bring them back in. So they actually. We're living in my camper for a while as they rebuilt, but they've they've got their own camper now. And so mine's back available for rent. One of my buddies is available for rent. And then they have the houseboat um, available. So they, they did lose a couple of their rental properties, but they still have the houseboat, which um, I'm sure we'll see in this episode. Um, and the uh, and Mike and a few campers um, are available as well. So and then there's always usually an empty spot so if people are tent camping or they have their own camper um there's usually somewhere that they can park them it kind of blows me away how that that houseboat actually keeps surviving yeah it's just a big metal barge and uh i think it's impressive it did blow the windows out of it but they just got new furniture we put the windows back in and it's back ready to go again so the uh the fortitude that those people have to keep rebuilding and to keep evacuating and coming back it's it's pretty impressive yeah it's unbelievable (laughs) and they're and they're they are just great great people um and i mean just fun to hang around and the whole the whole vibe there is is super cool um we have been there a couple of times you go there all the time Mm -hmm. but you and i've been there together a couple of times um, each time with just stellar weather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you were saying it's a little breezy down there today too. Yeah, it's been it's been blowing the last couple of days. It looks like it may ease up tomorrow and Thursday a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, even in bad weather, my dad is down here and I've been kind of working from their office, um, but he's standing out there and catching giant 35, 40 pound black drum just off the the wharf uh, in front of the houseboat. Uh, so yeah, it, it, even though the weather's bad, they're still having a great time. So yeah, even even when it's bad, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's sure. one of it's definitely one of those places. And I know our night fishing off the barge is in this episode. Um, and I mean that was just that was some of the most fun, really. You know, I just. <laughs> sitting out there at night, drinking a beer, barbecuing on the back of the boat and having all those shrimp popping all around out back. I mean, it's a, it's a sight to behold when those shrimp are going and, and those fish are in there, the trout and the reds, it, it's, it's pretty yeah. darn impressive. Yeah. They're still here. <laughs> what, what is it that draws you uh, down there? What made you set up camp there? I mean, to the point I mean, that we're th- actually buying a camper and putting it there. I think you nailed it. Uh, it it's just the people, the community. Um, the first time we came down and met them, it was kind of just happenstance. 
that we were wanting to come to this area and we got put in touch with Eddie um, and Lisa who run it and they just like open arms, you know, just welcomed us as, as if we had known them forever. Um, and then you just kind of get ingrained in it. Uh, and for years I talked about wanting to have uh, a spot as I saw it grow and more and more people uh, come down. I started worrying that I'm going to lose my little slice of heaven. You know, I'm not going to have a place to park my camper because uh, of how full it was getting. And, uh, and then she said, hey, we've, we've got a spot available. So it just worked out timing wise. And I was able to get a good deal on a camper and, um, you know, move it down here. And, and uh, that way I kind of have a guaranteed location when I come down. Um, but, yeah, just like I haven't uh, wet a line uh, since I've been here. And I got here on Saturday um, and I'm just happy <laughs> to be here. So <laughs> if that tells you anything, like I'm just like hanging out down here. So, you know, in the evenings, like you said, by the water, cooking, uh, watching everybody fish and off the back of the boat and just. Um, you know, it's just a nice, it's a cool place to work from for, for a week. So can't complain. Yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, and eat, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I don't remember what we did in this episode, but I mean, the last time we went down there, the, the crayfish and, uh, all the oysters and I mean, just buying, buying them right from the, the oyster fishermen. And I mean, it's just, it's cool. It, it's very cool. So um, we'll check in with a couple people saying hello. Uh, Liam Young, as always, watching over at Kayak Fishing Tales. And again, I'll remind everybody, if you are uh, you have the ability to watch this on the Kayak Fishing Show Facebook page, on our Facebook group, as well as Kayak Fishing Tales, which is our YouTube channel. And I often will uh, suggest you uh, watch it on YouTube and uh, subscribe and get notifications. Uh, that way you're much more apt to know when we go live. Facebook isn't always that great about it. But you can also do us a favor by sharing this with all your friends so they know when we're going live and uh, we can build that audience. Uh, but again, thank you, Liam, for watching over Kai Fishing Tales. Bobby Daily Tucker, I love this show and we love you. Thank you for watching, man, every week. <laughs> Uh, our good friend, Gene Wilson. How are you? Hey, Gene. Happy. Oh, that's right. 22, 22, 22, 22. <laughs> Tuesday. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> um, Gene all says, uh, hope you're having a, having great conditions at PAC. <laughs> it's always great conditions at PAC. Come on. Well, <laughs> it, the wind keeps the bugs away. It did stop blowing for a minute and it reminded me that you need a little bit, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lauren uh, Dupree says, hi, Jameson uh, from Kayak Junkie in Quebec. He actually comes down to pack. And last time I was here, he rolled in um, and was it was down here. And Eddie has I guess it's the Quebec flag. And he he put it up on the flagpole for him. Uh, when we came, when he was here. So that was pretty cool. That's funny. All, all the way from Canada down to pack. That is funny. Um, and Nicholas Beltran says, what's going on? How you doing, Nicholas? Thanks for joining us. I do appreciate it. So before we actually get going to the show, I, um, you've been up to some other stuff, Jameson. I know um, you're, I don't even know your title with Jackson Kayak anymore. You just be, got your vice president now or something? <laughs> no, 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 no. 
uh, brand manager of fishing. So I, you know, try to help lead the way um, with, with the fishing side of the business, uh, connect the information from the team, just, you know, being involved in the fishing aspects of it from a product development standpoint to a marketing standpoint and just trying to connect the team with the company and, you know, be that liaison uh, that, you know, fights for fishing. Yeah. And, and believe me, it, it makes sense. I've actually had this conversation with Patrick Sabeel when uh, his company and he was working for pure fishing, you know, they have all these people in charge of the company that don't fish and to have someone like you who is so heavily involved in fishing, working for the company that's doing fishing. I mean, it makes a difference. You don't just have bean counters saying this part makes sense when you, when we're, uh, when we're all working together and putting in ideas on a boat, right. um, it's not some some guy going, oh, well, we could use this. And it's just like, it doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. And, and so it, it definitely makes a huge difference when you get into the design process and final decisions in boat design. Um, you've also had some other stuff going on. You're doing this traveling. I don't know what your thing is called. I'm sorry. Is it traveling? No, you're angler? good. Uh yeah, so the new show is going to be called The Road Trip Angler. Um, ah, that was close. <laughs> yeah, very close. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, yeah, it, we're kind of visiting dealers. Um, it kind of came about from the old JK Media House days of us going to a location and visiting the dealer and, um, you know, just showcasing their area and the local anglers and uh, the community around it. Um, so we're kind of taking that one step further and, and um doing it with the, the show and have it uh, digitally as well. Um, and it'll, it'll be on uh, Bali sports, which is where the kayak fishing show has aired over the last few years. So um, same, same channels as, as uh, if you're a fan of kayak fishing, you'll be able to find kayak fishing on the same channels. So that's very cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that you always, we did a great job when you're a guest on our show, as people can see in this episode. Oh, actually on that note, um, I just found out last week from some somebody contacted me that full old episodes of my show from season, I think like two through two through eight or two through 10, even maybe uh, are available on prime on Amazon prime via my outdoor TV, M O T V. It is subscription based, but yep. If you want to see old episodes of my show, and I didn't even know this. Somebody told me, literally told me last week. Um, my old producer didn't even know because I contacted them to see what was up. And for whatever reason, the Outdoor Channel decided to grab all our old episodes and throw them up online uh, through Amazon Prime. Or you can sit them, watch them on your TV, whatever. So there you I go. I think Anybody you can actually them? download the app from My Outdoor TV and go direct to my outdoor TV or watch it through prime, but it's the same amount of money as my understanding. Cause I found, I was watching some of our old episodes that we did together. Some of your stuff um, through the, my outdoor TV app that I had already subscribed to for hunting stuff. So it's not okay. a hunting. No, see, and again, like like, that, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, I stumbled across it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but maybe I'll get back to shooting new episodes sometime. <laughs> I said, I just need to get this wing fixed. So um, anyway, like I said, let's, let's get this episode going and we can uh, chat about it as it goes. And cause I, 
I didn't watch it. I don't even know what what's in it. Although I think it does have, like I said, the uh, houseboat fishing is on it. I'm gonna be going with this guy wherever he goes. I believe it's good fish, real good fish. This week on the kayak fishing show, we're sight casting in Louisiana. Got my good buddy Jameson with me with Blue Sky Boat Works. We're checking out the blue skies, having a really good time, and yeah, chasing after these guys. Stick around. so calm and unwindy <laughs> i think that was for i think we had about a half an hour of that <laughs> on the entire trip of no wind just out of curiosity can you still hear the music I could. Now I can't. Okay. I, I Because I just muted it, but I can still hear it. So I wasn't sure if it actually, the mute was working. So so anyway, so we'll chat for just one second while that's rolling. But um, I want to talk a little bit about rigging up the, the blue sky and everything else that we've done on that uh, as we go. Jameson, another day, a little bit of wind. You got a, you got any plans for us? You got any ideas? The first day we came back into this one area and it was a little bit productive. So I think we should go back there and it's a little bit less wind, a little bit less water, maybe a little more fish. I think that's how that works. Yeah, that's the key. The water has dropped. Has I mean, dropped. I noticed in the parking lot this morning, there was a lot less water I think it's there. the lowest it's been. <laughs> less water in the parking lot. So get after it yeah. and uh, while the tide's dropping, I think it's gonna be our best chance. I was really stoked to uh, come on a trip with Jameson. I always have a great time fishing with Jameson, but he has been talking about pack kayak rentals down here in Louisiana for for a couple of years now, and just saying, Jim, you got to come down here. We got to shoot a show here. You got to come down here. So he just kept bugging me. So I finally like, dude, put it hey, together. Kind of a let's nag. Do it. Let's go to Louisiana because <laughs> I love Louisiana. Just never been to this location. Choo choo. <laughs> Louisiana has always been one of my favorite places to fish for redfish. There's just I'm actually going to pause it right there because if people look and saw that scene right there, maybe I can back it up a hair. Look at that. So just because I wanted to talk about rigging of the blue sky. Um, in this episode, I have the now non-existent E-Drive. That's right. Um, and you have the Torquedo travel motor. Yeah, this was the uh, the 1003 uh, travel. And this was before, this was actually uh, not long after we kind of launched the Blue Sky platform. So we didn't have the pro version of the Blue Sky, which is basically no pedal drive. It's just an open uh, deck and then has the motor mount like I have here. In fact, I think that was the prototype uh, motor mount that we just welded up at, at the factory. Um, it was. I mean, this was all very new. The, the blue sky was new. Yeah. 
And I, our, our trip that we did uh, later that we had mm -hmm. blue skies, then you had the trolling motor up on the front. Yep. With um, remote control. I mean, I was so jealous with <laughs> the spot lock on it and the remote control. And so you were able to drive your boat around while standing on the seat. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a pretty awesome sight fishing platform, especially down here where you can get away a little bit more with using a motor to sight fish. A lot of times you got to be really quiet, but um, down here you can get away with it, especially on a windy day like we've had uh, typically when we're fishing together. Um, <laughs> so, but it's just, it's, it shows the versatility of the platform. I mean, I've got the, the stern mounted um, torpedo here. Uh, then we, you can put the bow mount. The pro comes kind of ready to accept a bow mount um, tro trolling motor, or you can do the stern mount um, like like I have here. And then of course, the uh, regular Angler 360 has the the pedal drive system. So um, a lot of options uh, in different ways to rig it out for sure. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's what I was going to say also is you know, and people have seen in the past where I had the dual torpedoes on the back of mine kind of a, an experiment that it worked, but it wasn't maneuverability wasn't the best. Um, my next incarnation when I get my new Torquedo is going to be, again, it's going to be a fixed motor. I'm not going to be steering with it, but it'll be in front of the rudder uh, because it'll work basically the same way as your pedals do. It's pushing water down across the rudder. And I think that'll work well. The reason I'm going for this, the rear mount is because there's not so much of a sight casting kind of thing. There's not quite, there's not as much reason for me to be up high uh, here. And I'm more concerned with having more weight at the back of the boat for rougher offshore conditions. Yeah. In fact, I see Steve here has uh, asked that question about the weight up front um, and it being a problem in rougher waters. Um, and yeah, so I have not experimented with moving to answer his question there, uh, experimented with moving the motor further back than, than right on the bow. Um, but what I have done is, is move my weight around. So on the boat that I did that with, I, I did not have a cooler up on the bow like I do in this shot right here. I had, I had all my weight as much as possible behind the seat, including the battery. And then I would slide the seat, um, yeah, all the way I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, and the seat will slide back, so you can move yep. your weight back a little bit that way so, as well. And, and that and that stuff helps for sure. Yeah, it's people don't realize. Just like on some of our our boats that you have the adjustable seat position, adjusting the trim on your boat makes a huge difference in your mm -hmm. paddle ability, pedal ability, or whether you're running a motor. I mean, it it, it makes a huge different difference efficiency wise. So. If you have a boat where you can adjust your trim, play with that a little bit and see what's working best for you. Um, I know like with the the Kraken, I would, because I would have a big game bag up front, I would move my seat back because I had all that weight of the game bag and, and ice and all that in there. So it definitely makes a difference. So for sure. Uh, anyway, we'll keep this episode rolling. I just thought I, that was such a good shot with it, with the Torquedo on there. Um, I mean, there's, like you said, there's just so the variety, um, Jackson, oh, um, blue sky has that transom that you can mount right on here. So you can do the motor mount very easily. 
So it, it's it's very versatile boat. And I mean, I, I say it all the time. I mean, it's not a kayak, but it's fun. Louisiana, just never been to this location. Choo-choo. I just want to hear you go Louisiana has always been That's one of my favorite saying. places to fish for redfish. There's just so many of them, and a lot of people say they're dumb down here. I think there's just tons of them, more of them, more bait, more opportunities to catch fish. I don't know if anything will be back here, but this is kind of the benefit. You've got sort of the best of both worlds. I've got a little motor on here, so it's like having a small skiff, but... I can still access places like I was in a kayak. Through the darts been right up against this bank. Just kind of dragging it on the bottom. And uh, I was just about to lift it out of the water. He hit right underneath the boat. <laughs> it's not a big fish, but it's my first one today that I've managed to get to stick right to his leg. Not a big one. So it's been pretty effective, gotten a lot of hits. I just, I've missed a couple because I don't fish weedless a lot. And uh, so I've missed a few fish because I'm not setting the hook right. But that guy, he wanted it. All right, well, just a little guy. We'll let him go. It's shallow here. Yeah, for sure it is. You guys seeing something there? There's either a red or a gar or something. It's long. Uh, I can just see the dark silhouette of it. Oh, freaking good. Ah! <laughs> what happened, Jameson? Yeah, I was casting it over there and bringing it back over here. <laughs> and I, one I saw it, that from you. <laughs> but he ate it pretty close to the boat. I didn't get a good hook set on him. Or maybe he just had the tail. I don't know, but he came off. Probably shouldn't have freaked out either because there's probably more right here in this general area. Me freaking out is not going to keep them around. And this was a tough part about this trip so that fish. all that water came in and it, it we weren't side casting. It, it was and more of course, the camera casting. was moved away again as we divided and tried to find where the fish were. And I was able to hook up on a sheep's head, which is such a cool fish. They're typically very hard to get on artificial. So when you get one, it's a prize. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing that's happening here this week. Fun, uh, nowhere near here to the level of wind. Um, spots, but it's uh, so wind-driven, the tide, the water down here. If it right. blows out of the north, the water dumps out. If it blows out of the south, the As water dumps out. As we're working the flat in. one more time, all of us see this huge blow-up. We didn't really see what it was, but it looked like it could be a redfish. So I just literally turn around over my shoulder and make a cast. First time, nothing happens. I make one more, and bam, I'm hooked up. There he is. Good fish. It's funny how you can recall these moments so vividly. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember where I laid my sunglasses down. I'm going to be know, going with this guy wherever he goes. Right. It's good fish. Real good fish. I don't know if he's as big as whatever that was, but this is a good fish for sure. Gonna definitely need the net. Hopefully not lose it. Pour him out. Just over the slot by a little bit. That's a nice one. Ah, I got him. Woo! 
seeing fish, missing fish, finally getting a fish. Biggest one of my trips so far. He's approaching what I would call bull status. I'll get him back in the water as quick as possible here. That's a good fish. Oh, nope, there he goes. Yeah, I was gonna lift him for the camera. Try to revive him some, but apparently he didn't <laughs> need reviving. He just wanted to go home. Yeah, I remember so that fish, man. It was uh, blowing up on bait, and I just threw the chatterbait like randomly into the area because uh, I just saw like a blow up. So it was pretty cool to to do that and get actually catch him. And that was after several yeah, days he, of rough conditions. <laughs> Yeah, we weren't so much sight casting, casting to seeing fish, but you were seeing kind of Jackson mud balloons and swirls. By Jackson Kai. At least that gave you a general First idea. Innovation. Um, Orion Cooler. Just real quick, you know, we both had power poles on our boats, which in those conditions made a huge, huge difference. Have you ever done the dual power poles on yours? Yeah, I have. And, and there are some advantages to it. It will keep you from spinning, right? So like if you're facing and you want to face a certain way, um, you don't have to worry about the boat wanting to pivot around because it always seems to want to face downwind. Um, right. And uh, with the one, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's like make or break for sure. But like, yeah, if you can afford it, there is an advantage <laughs> to having, having two on the back. And I think the reason that I didn't was because we had split them and put one on each boat. Um, yeah, probably, had, probably. Um, I mean, I could see an advantage. I know in, in last week's episode, I actually was saying what I was doing was actually ramming my bow into the, the reeds and then dropping my power pole to keep me from spinning. Yeah. And I know another option would be to have your power pole and then maybe a stakeout pole and you could drop it through up in the front or something like that. But it definitely helps. And and the power pole is set in, in those conditions at those places is such a great tool being able to cruise along. And then with that remote, hit it, drop it down and um, just really hold your position, be able to scout it out a little bit better. Um, I said, I'll say one of my th biggest advantages, I think, and I think people over don't maybe think about this until they have one. You know, you, you look at it as an anchor so that you can anchor to start fishing. Right. Like, but a lot of times for me, uh, when I'm fishing a flat like that, and I know that I haven't covered the whole flat yet, and there's a lot of, of ground that I, I don't want to, you know, spook the fish. If I hook a fish, being able to drop the power pole to stop my drift and stop the fish from being able to drag me all over. Um, I feel like gives me a better opportunity to fish that water that I haven't got to yet without, you know, uh, spooking everything while I'm dealing with my fish. Um, so a lot right. of times Didn't I don't even, blow. I want, yeah, I'll drop it just give... after the fact. So. Right. I know, um, I was in, um, Belize and on flats for bonefish. And if you didn't have that power pole, um, you were blown over the fish before you ever got a chance to even make a cast on them. So it, it definitely had, a, it made a huge difference. And again, you know, you just, you're up there high, you're scouting, you're scouting and you see something and then drop it and hold your position or even just being able to hold position, like you said, and let things calm down a little bit, let things kind of reset for you uh, can make a huge difference. And it just, I mean, the, the, a regular stakeout pole, the, the parking pole, like from Yak Attack, is a great tool that 
the power pole is, is pretty sweet. If, if it's in your budget and, and it makes sense for the boat, it, they're pretty sweet. Uh, there was a no, oh, um, Gene Wilson said, good point. It must've been something I said. <laughs> um, and Naughty Fish says, what's up from Virginia? How you doing in Virginia? Is Naughty Fish the same as uh, Naughty and Foul? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, let's keep her rolling. If I can figure out where my mouse is. Never lose your cool. And Ray Marine, simply superior. One of the more entertaining things was every night out off the back of the uh, houseboat that we were staying on, they had lights on the water, and we just sit and watch these shrimp popping behind the boat. Okay, I said entertaining, and it, it was super entertaining. It was just downright fun. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, it's the whole ecosystem is just going off right behind you. <laughs> just stupid fun. I mean, going from the shrimp to the trout, and the trout make that popping sound when they're hitting the shrimp. And, and then all of a sudden, just waves of big reds come through. Just super cool. And you said your guys are catching um, big black drums off there right now. So yep, it's definitely a cool place to go if you ever have a chance to visit. And I mean, it's almost mesmerizing just to watch them and then watch these trout come through and nail them. So, of course, we got a fish. Every time I come down here, we've spent the nights fishing under the lights, either on the boat or over by the dock. And you always see trout popping and just attacking shrimp. And it's just so cool to watch. These shrimp are literally just trying to get away. They're running for their lives and trout are just <laughs> annihilating. But we've never really seen redfish or anything like that come through the lights. So the first two nights, I think we just sat there and cast. Uh, I was throwing a small dart spin and just, just whacking these, uh, these trout. I mean, it was literally every cast. Hello. Oh, it was bigger than you are. What are you doing? Thank you. The night before, Brooks, the cameraman, had been out on the back of the boat after we all went to bed and had figured out that redfish were piling up after like 11 o'clock. So we were going right. to rest up. Brooks discovered See if we couldn't get into some of that action off the back of the boat. He, he claims he tried to wake us up to tell us, but I don't, <laughs> I'm not buying it. Liar. Okay. This is why. We shouldn't have more than two treble hooks per lure. I got three. Yeah. There he is. That's a nice one. I know. A tech lure is working just the way it's supposed to. The leader deploys out of it. I have a wire leader there. Those great colors. All right. <laughs> it's been tough fishing off the kayaks, but this is some good fun right here. Woo! So he doesn't even have it in his mouth. He got all excited. Eliminated two trebles in this situation. He's still already. This is why. This is how you get a hook in the hand. 
is. I'm like, I they are like the slimiest, there. hardest to hold fish. I hope nobody gives me any grief for not wearing a PFD. <laughs> I am I technically mean, on a boat. <laughs> kind, kind of. That thing is so big and, and just docked, so it's not really moving at all. Yeah. Another nice one. Wow. Look at that beautiful fish. Jameson is keeping the trout busy. Trout master. So I can catch some reds. That was such a good friend. Ah, <laughs> oh, you are. Ba -boom. You're the best. <laughs> I needed this so bad after our struggles we've had with the weather and the high water and just not finding the fish out on the flats. Just to have some fun out here on the back of the boat. It just shows you that uh, this is a great, great fishery. The fish would just come through and kind of waves. So when he would hook up, I would start casting all around where his fish was. The problem I was having was everything I was throwing was just catching trout. And you've got to keep those trout off your bait if you're going to have the opportunity to get a red. They won't want. Crazy to watch these fish swim through. Yeah, I'm using this bigger uh, full tech paddle tail. Um, there's so many trout here. If, that, if I was using something small, you're constantly getting peckered by them. So I'm throwing a bigger lure just to avoid the trout and hopefully just get the redfish. And so far it's worked. I've got two of them already. <laughs> How many you got so far there, Jameson? So much more fun than fishing. Yeah, somebody wouldn't share the school tips. <laughs> we got a double. Oh, I'm double loving. <laughs> the rat catching is more fun. <laughs> oh, come on. Right in the corner of the mouth. That was nice, easy release. I figured there'd be one with yours. <laughs> Here you go, baby. That's a good fish, dude. Oh, in the corner of the mouth, dude. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> All right. That's a fatty. That one is fat. Starting to get a little jealous of Jim, but I cheated when he hooked his cast beside of it because they travel in packs. Tell him. <laughs> Later, buddy. He gone. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. And we owe it all to Brooks for staying up late. <laughs> I think he actually Brooks. caught more than either one of us <laughs> the day before. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but I seem to recall even scooping Jackson up some Kai of those shrimp and Joe cooking them. Is brought to you by yeah. Jackson Kai. So I don't remember <laughs> if it was before yeah. or after that part. 
Nope. They were the, the water was in the parking lot as you mentioned earlier. So we were walking around and the shrimp were so full microwing. The trout were literally running them up onto the and dock because the water level right. was like even with it. Uh so we walked around with a bowl and just like loaded up so shrimp. Though, uh we've had some rough conditions. The, the reports for the day are to have five mile per hour winds. So we plan on getting up nice and early to make a long run to a spot that Jameson liked. I was feeling really good about this morning when uh, I saw the weather last night. So five to ten, it's the best winds we've had the whole trip. And got it this morning, and I'm pretty sure it is the strongest wind that we've had all trip. Uh, really? Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Give me a break here. I'm tired of the wind. The good news is it's blowing the direction that the tide is going, which is out. And that's going to help push more water out of the marsh and give us our best chance at sight fishing, which is what I really, really want to do. And I really want to see Jim be able to do it as well. We got, he, to our, uh, okay. got to Jameson's favorite spot. Pause. Uh, does he have his mothership situation all back in line and ready to roll? Yeah, he does um, because it's kind of the slower time of year and they honestly don't run a ton of motherships, believe it or not. Um, I, I would have thought the number would have been way higher, um, but they still do offer it and he's going to continue to offer it to, to people that are kind of like have been doing it with them. Um, but they're kind of turning uh, their mothership into a shrimping uh, boat uh, because they, they are now getting into selling live um, live shrimp. Here for okay. bait, they've always sold uh, frozen shrimp, but now they, they can offer uh, live shrimp as well. Um, and so there's certain times of the year, uh, and he, he's been going through the process of getting all his licenses and stuff. But certain times of the year, they can use a platform that they like kind of tie up or anchor up out in the water. But then other times of the year, because they're, they're bait fishermen, uh, they're not allowed to use the platform. They have to use an actual boat to do it. I, I don't see. really understand all that, but... Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna use it for that mostly, but then, like I said, if they know ahead of time that a, a group is planning and wants to to be able to mothership, they can kind of re-outfit the boat quickly in, in order to to get it set up for that. That's cool. Yeah, because it was it is a a, a very cool setup and a, a great opportunity to just explore those areas that are even that much farther away from uh, getting pounded every day. Um, not that yeah, that, that place gets pounded hard anyway, but. Yeah, and that place is that uh, we're there uh, launching is about eight miles uh, from the kayak launch. So, as you can imagine, or, uh, it's not something you're going to go do and come back in the same day and and have ample time to fish. So being able to to run out there um, to the little bit closer to bigger water, uh, I feel like you get a chance at a few bigger fish. Like you said, less pressured, um, and we get there a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah, and that boat scoots. Yeah, the new one, this is the old one in the video. The new one has a 300 on it um, and probably runs about twice as fast as the one we were on in this, in this episode. Right. Yeah, it, it's a great opportunity. And the wind is blowing, and but it's shallower water, and the water's a little bit clearer. The clarity of the water is much, much better than it's been, and I don't know if it's because we're further south or if it's because the tide's pulling out, but I don't really care. But the fish are there. And I'm gonna sight fish for him. Nice. Oh, oh. See that? Oh, he freaking short did it. Fish on. 
hard as it is to fish, I knew they would be in here, but it is not going to be easy today. So I can drop my power pole. It did get better now that I'm in the all the ground I got, just made. It got better all day. Good fish, too. Still blind casting. I was really hoping to get out here with the 5 to 10 mile per hour winds and be able to stand on top of the cooler and sight cast. Oh, yeah. This wind is relentless. Let's get her back in the water and see if we can't find another one. Yeah. I'm starting to see some fish. Um, but my biggest problem is, is boat control and seeing the fish before I'm over the top of them. It takes just time and learning what to look for and being able to see those fish. It's just this whole thing that you have to figure out. And it just comes with time and Jim just hasn't had that time. They keep uh, swirling around this general area. Um, in this little pocket, I keep seeing them, but sometimes it's just a little too late. <laughs> and another advantage that I had was I'd put the Orion cooler on the bow of the blue sky and having that much more uh, height to be able to get over top and look down on those fish made a huge difference. He ate it. He literally followed it for like ever. Now the sun really cool, is bright. Cool things about sight fishing is, uh, and I'm kind of fishing you, some calmer spots here. You can watch how they react to it, like you know, live and, and kind of play with them a little bit, get them try to interact and get them to eat. Super aggressive, they are feeding. Yeah, it it's such a whole different ball game. When you throw it out, you actually see the fish and you see it tilt down on it and get your blood pumping for a minute. Just kept following the. It's instant feedback too. If you're throwing the wrong color or the wrong bait, and you see them, two or three of them kind of turn it down. You're like, well, I need to change something because. Right. No, they're on. They're on to me. Looking at it, ignoring it. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, I remember. I totally remember <laughs> that fish. Honestly, totally it, it was all through these little weeds. <laughs> it's not huge, but man, I needed this fish after the way the day's gone. Oh, it's just got that beautiful tail saw some really big ones out here in this flat and just couldn't connect uh they turned away on us but uh we still got a couple hours to fish so stick around it's actually nice thing to calm. yeah i think it got better <clears throat> and better all the way to the end of the day there of course the last day bottom of the night yeah <laughs> right right are you still um I, I know in this episode and i don't know if we even talk about it, you were uh throwing a bit of the the crank a crab is that mm -hmm. still a go-to lure for you? Yeah, I, I love it um, from a sight fishing standpoint because you can definitely get uh, kind of the, I, I don't know if you want to call it the Cajun 3 down here, but uh, Black Drum, Redfish, and Sheepshead will all really annihilate that. Is brought to um, you by some of the soft the plastics will kind of, you might not get yeah, the Sheepshead yeah. as easy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's still, it's still a go-to when conditions allow it. It's not something I blind cast a lot. Um, so and more. right, it, it's Conditions such a, a cool, it's such a cool looking lure in the water.
Oh, yeah. As the day went on, oh. conditions continued to improve. The wind was dying down. It started to get really nice and calm. We had the water clarity that we needed to be able to see the fish, and they were eating. With about four hours left in our fishing day and our fishing trip, the wind calmed down. Things started to straighten out. The water levels had dropped a little bit. And I start seeing fish at a distance where I can still get a cast to them before I've run over and spooked them. Out of the whole week, we literally got four hours <laughs> right. to be able to get on these fish the way that I wanted to the whole time. But it made it worth it coming down here and having that opportunity. Boom. The rest of the day, I was seeing fish, yeah. I was catching fish, but we still needed one big fish. There we go, a little variety, here we go. One of the other fish you can catch here are these sheep's head. I saw him feeding right in, along the edge of the grass. Here we go. The sheep's head are tough fish. Yeah, and they're really good eating. We actually caught tough a few off fish. the houseboat at night um, with uh, some cut shrimp. My dad was fishing with a jig head. a heck of a set shrimp. of chompers on him. So we made some blackened sheep's head fish. last night. Oh, really nice. good. So super pretty fish, really strong That's a big fighting. One. Yeah. So uh, I'm stoked. Let's get him back in the water. So uh, fishing in really heavy cover, a lot of uh, weeds and oyster bars. So on this setup, I've got 50 pound Seaguar Smackdown braid and a short Seaguar gold label 40 pound fluorocarbon. The nice thing about the gold label, it is a smaller diameter. So uh, it, it's gonna have that diameter of a much smaller uh, grade of line, but it's still got that great power and abrasion resistance. It's just gonna lead to more bites. We still need that big fish, but I'm not gonna turn my nose up at a small fish. I like to catch any fish. <laughs> kind of worked a big bay. So we asked Jameson to do Got it a for few us. fish and now decided to <laughs> move over to another flat that Jameson said he's caught some fish and tailing in before, but the water's a little bit deep. This little area is probably my favorite place that you can access from, from Pornishan. And every time I go to that spot, I catch nice reds. I've even caught my personal best 50 inch red down there. So I just keep circling back to that. There's oysters, there's just everything that you need to be able to find good fish. Off to the side, I hear Jameson say that he sees another tail and he slides up and he stalks this thing and he gets in this low crouch like he does every time he sees a <laughs> fish. He kind of like gets his paddle here and he crouches down. You can always tell when Jameson sees a fish because he crouches down like this. <laughs> I don't want him to see me. Put that cast out right in front of him, probably six inches in front of his face, and he moved forward on it real quick and took the bait. These fish are so powerful. They're not speed demons by no means. Redfish take off and run really fast, but black drum tend to just that big tail and they're just pulling. It's like a, you're fighting a diesel truck. That's the sound we want so cool though to see them like telling or their backs out of the water uh and there's many yeah, times when i'm like all right i want to catch a redfish i'm not casting out another black drum and then you see this big old tail pop up and you're like well maybe one more <laughs> yeah how can you not i don't think these uh, fish get enough respect uh, i mean honestly they're, they're big ugly so whatever powerful. i think they're super cool 
everyone are. I've caught has been an amazing fight and Woo! it's just oh. such a cool fish. Well, that winds up our trip here to Pack Kayak Rentals in Louisiana. Can't thank Jameson enough for uh, all his help and bringing these blue skies and introducing me to these boats and electrifying them and everything else. It was a great time and a lot of fun. So I hope uh, if you uh, enjoyed it, you'll visit these people and try out the blue sky. I think you'll like it. So if you're getting out on the water, please always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Take care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a fun one. Yeah. What's uh Hear that Gene says never tried it yet, but I hear that chunks of sheep's head boiled, boiled in water with Old Bay seasoning, then dipped in melted butter makes it taste like lobster. Ever tried that? I've never tried boiling any fish. Yeah, uh, me neither. But I'm sure, sure it'd be fine. <laughs> I, I try anything. I mean, I love it. I've just never yeah. personally have think of boiling a fish. Um, but. Uh, we have we have a different sheep's head here they're big red and black and um they call them poor man's lobster i mean because they they are eating crustaceans all the time and the meat gets that kind of texture and flavor so uh it's very possible um thank you gene saying great episode awesome catching yeah that was a fun episode always fun um i know i scrolled past one i think there was a comment up here Oh, Laurent said, Jameson, say hi to Miss Lisa and Mr. Eddie. Will do. And say, say hi to them from us as well. Um, Got to keep being nice to them, so maybe they'll let me come back again sometime. <laughs> I'm sure you are welcome anytime. They're, I don't know if they've ever told anyone that they weren't welcome anymore, but I would, I would imagine if they have, that person did something pretty bad. Have they, have they met well? It's true. They have not met Will. <laughs> or uh, more, sorry, have they met James? <laughs> <laughs> I keep threatening to bring those guys down here, but I don't know. Maybe I would ruin my my spot with too many Canadians in one place. <laughs> so I know uh, Jameson. There, you know, just like everything else, there's been um, supply issues. Everything else. Um, are blue skies readily available now? Is, is are we getting back in line on production on everything? We are getting better. Um, the frames have been the challenge with the blue skies, and we are getting some in. Uh, you know, we we mold and manufacture plastic uh, at the factory, so things like seat frames and and sewn products and nuts and bolts, all that stuff is we're kind of at the mercy of the world that we live in right now, and so. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle to get some of the parts and pieces, but we're starting to, to get uh, more and uh, get it regulated and really also just figure out how to be better prepared. Um, you know, it was hard to know that you even need to be prepared for the circumstances right. that we have right now. But, um, but yeah, we're getting getting uh, they're doing a great job. The purchasing department and everyone at, at, um, at Jackson is doing a great job of kind of figuring out how to deal with the current uh, situation and try to try to keep boats moving out the back door because believe me we want you to have them <laughs> yeah and and we can't let anything out of the bag but i know there's some cool stuff coming down the pipe we can't talk about it at all but <laughs> people should stay tuned to, to jackson kayak because there is some cool stuff coming down uh the line here pretty soon um there's been a great buzz uh on the uh take two yeah the, i have uh, one of those uh, myself 
I, I really yeah. like that boat. Um, it was positioned kind of more as a rec boat, um, recreational uh, kind of tandem kayak. Um, but it's uh, based off of actually it's based off the big rig um, uh, hull. So uh, it's a uh, wide, stable, um, great boat for families and as a tandem boat for sure what it was kind of designed for. But we kind of made sure that it was very fishing friendly and it's very easily um, rigged. And my favorite uh, way to fish it right now because of how open and, and uh, just expand. I mean, you have so much room for just whatever. Um, I actually have mine rigged. I'm a fan of the Torquedo, as you know. And so I have the 1103 um, Torquedo on the back and uh, it just performs really, really well with that motor and it floats super shallow. So um, I brought it down here, hoping that one of these uh, afternoons uh, I could get out on the water with it and just uh, kind of test it on the flats. But uh, that shallow draft, I think, is going to come into play, um, being able to get real skinny down here. Yeah, I remember you guys were saying that uh, on when you guys were first initially testing the boat at how skinny that thing went. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think a, a cool use for it, almost like an expedition boat, because it's made to carry two people. So if you got one person on it, you know, stacking it with dry bags and maybe doing a weekend or something like that out of it. Yeah, that's actually one of the first trips that I did in it was uh, me and Jeff Little and Chris Funk and a couple of his friends, Robert and his son um, kind of went out and me and Chris and Jeff were all in take twos. I mean, fully decked out with camping equipment and gear. And um, actually, Jeff had a torpedo on his. Uh, but, yeah, that was kind of our first uh, go at it. And that's how Chris has been using it quite a bit as a, kind of his expedition, you know, multi-day trip. Uh, boat because you have so much room on it. Um, but I think it's just a very versatile, I mean, the, the big tuna was always a very versatile boat for us because it did have that solo position, tandem, FaceTime, lots right. of seating options. Um, but it gave you just a big open boat that um, could handle big water and a lot of weight if you needed it to. And uh, a take two is just a advanced uh, on that, on that idea. Well, I, I know, like you said, it wasn't made as a fishing boat. It was made as a wreck boat. Um, what's what's the process involved? I know you, you, whenever we're, we're designing boats and, you know, everybody's working together on that, uh, you think about, okay, we'll make it one way, but you make it as easy to accessorize as possible. Um, right. What What's involved in, like, to, to set up a take two to go fishing? What, what would you do? Just you know, on a, on a, just a minimalist kind of thing. Yeah. So when we were working on that boat um, and, you know, everything can be mounted on tracks these days. I mean, you've got companies like Yak Attack out there that just have tons of options of being able to put things in different places, uh, utilizing right. a track. Um, so we just did that. We just gave you in the take two lots of track um, in different areas that would make sense. So there's track. Oh, there the is. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even realize that it, it had a lot of gear track on it. Yeah, a lot of gear track, and it also has our new tri track in the, right around the cockpit area. Um, so it'd be kind of in the middle of the boat if you were in the tandem position. But if you're in the solo, it's, it's right kind of where you would want to mount a few things. So for example, again, mine's rigged up um, with a motor, so it's less important that things are in my paddle stroke. Uh, so I have right. my cup holder and my um, throttle for the Torquedo and I have an anchor wizard, uh, you know, the pulley part uh, mounted there. And I was able to use that tri-track really to mount just everything that I needed to rig up the motor and to rig up 
uh, my uh, <clears throat> uh, side, let's see what I can't remember what it's called now, but the new Yak Attack uh, um, paddle holder or stager that I've got it. Oh, that with two the Roto position, the one with the two. The yeah. Two. I, I, I've known the name of that, and actually, they've told John from Yakutek has told me ten times, and and for whatever reason, I still it wasn't. Like, it's not Hammerhead, is it? No, uh, no. <laughs> that that name just popped into my head for some reason. <laughs> I don't have one in. I I thought I had one in my office here, but uh, I I put that on. Uh, I, I actually eliminated the paddle and rod stagers on my blue sky, and put one of those on each side of of it instead. Um, yeah, and because that, that that is a great, particularly for pedal boats where you, you, nothing's in your paddle stroke. Uh, that's yeah. a, that's a great paddle holder or stager, and you, the fact that you can mount stuff on top of it, you know, put a rod holder on top of it, or uh, I have my fish finder mount on top of one of them. It, it's just a, a great piece of gear. And if you could remember the, the name, double header, the double header. Double header. <laughs> well, I was guy at Hammerhead double head. Okay, double <laughs> header. There it is. Yeah. So, so like yeah, that's said, been it's yeah. a bit of cool. cool so basically, uh, the double header has two of these on it. You know, very close to get fairly close together, but it also has straps on it. So it it's not nothing's going to pop out of it or anything like that. It's a, it's a really great piece of kit. Yeah, and when you're and uh, when you're using a like you said a pedal drive or the motor, um, you can have that really positioned where it's easy to grab that paddle if you do need it and. Um, so the, yeah, when it comes to rigging the take two, just to kind of circle back again, we just tried to provide gear track. So it was super easy. Uh, we made it um, pretty easy to be able to add a steering kit if you were going to drop a motor on it. Uh, and then we have the new tri track, um, down the sides on the gunnels and a piece of it, um, kind of where the, I call it the thwart, but basically separating the cockpit and the, um, tank well. Uh, so you have so lots of mounting options. Are you saying it's, it's rudder ready? So it's not rudder ready, it's steering kit ready in a sense. So we put a little bit of geometry in a couple of areas on it so that you could uh, add steering tubes for okay. the, like to, to be able to put a motor on, on the back of it. Um, okay. So it has the power pole mount geometry on the back. Um, and then so you can do the Torquedo or, you know, there's multiple motors out there now that, that work off that power pole footprint. Um, so you can add the steering. So we don't net, we don't really have a rudder kit for it or a steering kit. But there's some uh, companies like Innovative Sportsman, for example, that make kind of a, uh, a steering kit that you can get um, uh, to be able to adapt it very easily um, without having to do a whole lot. And actually, I use the tracks, and that's kind of part of it. So to have the foot control steering with sliders – you can mount it to the tracks uh, using some Yak Attack uh, 90 degree adapters uh, and it gets your uh, steering uh, right on top of the boat. And so if you want to de-rig it to go back to the tandem setup or whatever, uh, you just unhook your, um, your your foot pegs and unhook them from the track and you're kind of quick and easy way to de-rig it and make the boat really versatile. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds sounds like I, I've not been on one yet, but it's, it sounds like a like you said, a very versatile platform. So, Jameson, we've run a little bit long, but I, I sure appreciate you being able to make it here, even though you're, you're supposed to be down there and just playing around. So thank you, sir. And uh, my best to your, your dad Anytime. and everybody who's down there with you. And, of course, like I said, say hello to Lisa and Eddie for me. Will do. All right, man. Take care.
what's going on? There we go. Well, that, that was a fun episode. We'll be back next week. Um, and uh, I hope you can join us every week. And again, if help us out a little bit and share this with your friends, it always helps me out. And uh, like I said, keep the sponsors happy. I can keep doing these shows. I wish you all the best. If you are going out on the water, please remember to always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care.